chance. I think that if he goes into the uh, if he goes into training camp and he looks really good, okay, and he goes into preseason and he just flashes, you know, the old eye test thing. At that point, he has to be your starter. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to even mess with Jimmy G. Jimmy G will back up, but if Trey Lance flashes in training camp and he performs extremely well in preseason, then he's your starter. Yeah, totally agree. Um, like I say, man, I just think you don't give up that high draft capital for somebody. Then you know you gotta you gotta throw him in, and I think the Niners are gonna contend. They were pretty good last year with basically no quarterback play after Jimmy G got hurt. I think they ended up six and ten. So I mean, they're not like a scrub team. They had a ton of injuries last year too. So if they're able to keep everybody healthy, I expect them to contend. And 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 if they're a contender. You know, even somewhat contending, you can't – you have to in that locker room. You're going to lose that locker room if you don't throw that kid in there. If you leave Jimmy G in and he continues to struggle. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely think Lance is going to play. And then looking down here as well, just kind of looking at the first round of the draft, one thing that kind of had me, like, um, shaking my head, I know you watch a decent bit of the SEC college football, so that's probably the most uh, knowledgeable you are and kind of me too. Um but I didn't understand Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. Um, I like Jamar Chase, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on that too. But don't the Bengals need to get – like, didn't they need Sewell there? Didn't they need that awesome offensive tackle to protect the asset of Joe Burrow? I'm just – I know he needs weapons, but, man, I'm worried about Joe Burrow getting hurt, man. Well, apparently I thought they had gone uh, two offensive linemen in free agency. I just – I, I got to figure out who they picked up. So, but – the Bengals, they basically went to Joe Burrow and say, who do you want? And he said he wants uh, Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase is actually was a better prospect than Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. So I get it. You know, they had crazy chemistry, and I get it with the injury too. But you got to keep your franchise guy happy. And if he says go get uh, Jamar Chase, then I guess you got to do that because that's, that's how they're playing it. Basically, they're saying at, a, at, at this age, Burrow – Apparently he has the moxie and the in the in the just the confidence in the organization that um that they 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 want to keep him happy and they see big things ahead, man. So I, I get it from the Panay Sewell, but at the same time I also get it where you know Burrow is just Burrow is saying you got this wide receiver there that's all world and you pair him with T. Higgins and uh, uh Taj Boyd. Um. Uh. They. They. They got something going there. You know. Yeah. They definitely got some weapons. And yeah. I mean, they did get a couple guys in free agency. You no know, big name guys. Just looking it up here. But I just I thought they needed to protect that asset in Burrow. But they've definitely got them weapons now. So I mean, I, I think he'll he'll flash just like he did last year coming off that injury. I just would have liked to seen him get you know a little more. Just so maybe a little more protection. Um, I love the Jalen Waddle pick, number six of the Dolphins. Man, Jalen Waddle might be Tyreek Hill 2.0. Um, he averages like 45 yards on his touchdowns. I mean, the kid is just faster than everybody else. And 
I think that it's going to translate to the NFL level as well, where he's going to get to the NFL and just be faster than everybody else. So it's a home run threat for Tua, which as much as I liked, you know, Miami last year, that's something they missed their best receivers, Devontae Parker, but he's kind of a big receiver. He'll get you like a 30 yard fade route down the field, but he's not really a, you know, burn everybody type of receiver. So I like that Waddle pick there to Miami. Yeah, me too. Um, and 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 if you look at he, I, to me, I liked him better than I liked Devonta Smith. Not saying that Devonta Smith wasn't, you know, didn't earn the Heisman. Just I'm I'm one of those leap off your screen type of individuals, man. And and Waddle every time he got the ball, he just leapt off the screen, you know. Yeah, and then uh, just going down here a little further, um, I know me and you are both, I believe, pretty high on Justin Fields pre-draft. Did it surprise you as much as it surprised me that Denver didn't go Justin Fields with that nine pick and went 13? And then, of course, Chicago ends up trading up into that 11th spot and getting Fields. So, one, what do you think about Fields in Chicago? And, two, did that surprise you that Denver decided not to go Fields and went 13? You know what, man? I really think uh, this whole Aaron Rodgers is not happy and Denver is one of the teams that he uh, listed that he would go to. I think there's some I think there's something there. I think something's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. So I can kind of see where I think they just know something, man. I really do. I think they just know that they have an extremely uh, uh, high chance to get Aaron Rodgers. And I see them just shoring up that defense a little bit more. Um, Justin Fields, man, I tell you what, I think he's actually going to be one of the steals of the drafts too, because, um, he'll be in that Midwestern area. So, you know, he'll have that, you know, he'll have just that support from the, all the big 10 people. Um, I like him and Matt Nagy together and I know people was like, he needs to sit. No, I would not sit Justin Fields behind Andy Dalton. I would be like, Andy, you know, make sure this guy is ready to go. And uh, I, I would hit the ground running with Fields because he's a big kid, man. And he, I, I just, I like that pick for the Bears, man. Yeah, I do too. I think he's got to start right away. Uh, they have to throw, um, you know, Fields right into the fire. They're a good team. They were in the playoffs last year. They have a great defense. They really just need a quarterback that's going to throw for 250 yards a game, not turn the ball over, and be a threat in the red zone to cash in. And if nothing else, Justin Fields is a threat in the red zone with his legs because he's such a big body. He's kind of built like a Dak type of guy. And they got some weapons there. I mean, last year they got Allen Robinson, who's a really good receiver, and Darnell Mooney had a really good rookie year last year. So they got two guys that can produce. So And they produced with, you know, with your boy Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. So I expect <laughs> them to really upgrade. I expect them to really upgrade with Justin Fields. Yeah. And then uh, to Denver, man, I'll tell you, the Aaron Rodgers thing is crazy. Uh, just to touch on that real quick. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. We'll have to touch on that on another pod once we get some more news and all that coming out on how that's going to roll. But the, my initial thought with him going to Denver, I read San Francisco and Denver were like his two teams, right? Well, I would say San Francisco is probably not happening with all the draft capital they just gave up to get Trey Lance. But, man, why would he want to go to Denver and be in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? I, I don't really understand that one. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out, man. But I definitely think Chicago finally got their quarterback, you know, not of not only of now, but also their quarterback of the future. Exactly. Hey, you know, another move I kind of like, and it's, it's really, really, I think it's the perfect spot for him. Man, Kyle Trask to the Buccaneers, man. 
So think about this, man. Trash goes there. He's number 64 overall. He, obviously, he's going to sit for I – I still – I really think Brady's going to play another two years. So this guy would have two years behind the greatest quarterback ever. And he, he doesn't – you know, he's still in that Florida area. So, man, I, I really like that move for the Bucks, man. I like that move for Kyle Trask, but I'm not – I think it's a perfect situation for him. But I'm just not a huge Trask fan. Kind of what I saw last year watching Florida play was that Kyle Pitts kind of carried that offense. And anytime Trask got in trouble, he was like, well, let me just throw the ball up to Kyle Pitts and let him go make a play. And he did because Kyle Pitts was the best player on the field no matter who they played. So, you know, he'll have your right. I think Brady's going to go two more years barring a big injury. So – I think Trask will have two years to kind of learn and develop his game, and I hope he does well. You know, and in a late second round pick, to me, that was a that was a pretty good value for the Bucks. You might get your quarterback of the future there, you know, and and not a lot of draft capital. Um, and that kind of leads to Mac Jones going fifteenth overall to New England. I don't I don't love Mac Jones, man. I don't know about you, and I really don't love him in New England. I, I hear all this stuff. I'm reading there like, well, he's going to have the perfect situation learning under Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick ain't developing no quarterbacks, man. Let's be real. We know this. So what's Bill Belichick do quarterback-wise? He's a defensive coach. So I don't love the – I did not love the Mac Jones to New England move. But, you know, we'll have to see how that pans out too. Yeah, no, no. I um, I'm, You know, he's competent. We'll just see, man. Obviously, he doesn't have he, – he's got all the smarts. He's, he can he – can, you know, he doesn't have the strongest of arms, but uh, we'll see how it plays out, man. I mean, I'll give him a chance. You know, I'll give him a chance. I know a lot of people. You had some. You had some of the uh, analysts that were just they were being uh, a little bit disrespectful. I felt to Cam Newton. You know, just basically saying that uh, you know Mac Jones will will surpass cam newton in training camp and and just kind of made it seem I, I i didn't like the cam slander for whatever reason but it is what it is i like that kellen mound to the uh to the uh, vikings the the kid out of uh, texas a&m i yep. thought uh i thought that was a pretty uh sneaky type pick for uh minnesota minnesota actually had a pretty good draft too man so i like old mike zimmer mike zimmer was kind of one of the ones that got away from our organization, you know? Absolutely. Definitely, man. I wish we had him on defense. Him and Sean Payton are kind of the two that I look at like, man, we let some some good ones go. Um, I'll tell you what that Mon pick does to me, tells me Minnesota does not believe in Kirk Cousins. And they shouldn't because I don't believe in Kirk Cousins either. So right, right. I, don't, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be around there, you know, very much longer. Kirk Cousins to me is – you know, you always use that walked in with a ski mask and, and robbed <laughs> oh, robbery yeah. thing. Dude, yeah. Kirk Cousins is the epitome of walking in and yeah. robbing. Because the dude has made an unbelievable amount of money in his career to basically be – I don't even think he's average. I think he's a below-average quarterback. I mean, he's a stat patter. When they get blown out, he puts up some good numbers. He never yeah. wins. So, I mean, I don't know how he gets the money that he makes. But I think the dude's made over $200 million in his career now to basically do nothing so he is a straight up 
thief. That's what Kirk <laughs> Cousins is. And then, hey. uh, am I right? Yeah, heist two starring Kirk Cousins. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Heist two starring Kirk Cousins. And then uh, a team that – one team that kind of, you know, since we saw a lot of good, one team that I kind of scratched my head it, it, for early draft pick – was Pittsburgh. I oh, mean, God. I was Pittsburgh, thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh getting uh, Najee Harris. Like, I get – he's a good running back. I get that. But, you know, you don't go first-round running back to me anymore. <laughs> I understand that Jacksonville did the same thing and got uh, the Clemson running back, but that was – they traded in to get him late after getting Lawrence. I was okay yeah. with that. But, I mean, I don't know if Pittsburgh's not watching the same thing I'm watching, but – Man, Big Ben is done. I mean, he is beyond done. I expected them to potentially be one of the teams that trade up into the top 10 to try to get like a Justin Fields. Because, I mean, Ben was awful last year, man. He just, he was terrible. Even though they started off nine and one, they were winning in spite of him. And then when he really <laughs> started to unravel, they started losing. And, and the playoff game was kind of the exclamation point when he threw, what, four or five interceptions against Cleveland. So, I'm not sure what Pittsburgh's thinking as an organization, but they're good. They have a good defense already. They don't have a lot of weapons for Ben. Ben's not very good. They can't really run the ball. So you get a running back that not sure how that's going to, you know, correlate to you when you don't have a very good offensive line, a good quarterback or uh, good weapons outside. So wasn't really understanding what Pittsburgh was doing. Hey, you know what, man? I, yeah, I, 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 I guess they're going all in on Big Ben, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but that's that's the thing. They're gonna walk thing. away from that table empty-handed. Let me tell you. I know, you. man. That's the thing. But you know, I didn't realize in the in the Chicago Bears quarterback room, there's Nick Foles, uh, Andy Dalton, and uh, Justin Fields. That that's that's pretty that's that that's a good quarterback room, man. Yeah, and that tells me that Nick Foles will probably not be in Chicago next year because right, I think right, Andy right. Dalton's obviously staying because you know they just paid him a lot of money, so brought him in. So to me, that tells me that Foles is probably going to be on the move. So it'll kind of be interesting to see where he lands, but. Another quarterback, another team that head scratched me a little bit here. I guess you're gonna you're gonna make fun of me and say you always like talking about this team because it's my closet team, I guess, because it's my local team. But thought Washington needed to kind of go all in for a quarterback too, and they ended up getting like a linebacker in the first round, and you know didn't really do a lot to help their weaknesses, in my opinion, which is they need another receiver, they need a tight end, and they need a quarterback, and they didn't really address any of that early in the draft. So was kind of shaking my head a little bit at what Washington was doing, but I was happy because I don't want to see Washington good. So was happy they didn't jump, jump up there and try to get one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, no. Um, I, yeah, I was surprised at that also, but man, that Davis, that linebacker out of Kentucky, I think he's a steal. I think he fits in exactly what Rivera wants to do. So they just continue to add to that freaking defense, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that was a good breakdown of the uh, of the draft, man. I know all of it's kind of speculation right now. You, I never read much into this. You know, well, this team got an A, this team got a B. I don't. Nobody knows, man. Because, like yeah. I said last year, we had no idea if anybody thought that Justin Herbert was going to be as good as he was last year. They're lying to you. Because I had nobody knew he was going to be that freaking good. So it's kind of all a question mark. So we'll see how it plays out. But it was definitely a fun weekend for the draft. I love it and makes me excited for some NFL action here. You know, kicking off in September. I can't wait. 
Yeah, man. And one thing here for, uh, let's say, my local team here in Atlanta, man, with Pitts and Jones and oh, Ridley, God. they and they, I'll tell you what, the Falcons, if they stay healthy, oh, my goodness, they're going to be murderous on offense, man. With, with the decline of the Saints, because I believe the Saints are going to decline without Drew Brees leading that locker room, uh, and Carolina obviously still in a rebuilding mode. Uh, um, you know, obviously you've got uh, Tampa there who's going to be really tough. So I think Tampa's going to win the division. But I think Atlanta could sneak a wild card next year. That's my way too early to even predict anything. But I'm with you, man. I just – there's no way you're going to be able to guard all those guys. There's just too much firepower there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, look, man, let's go to NASCAR. Let's talk about – Last weekend, man, because I, I, I thought I was going to be FaceTiming you to see the tears, man. Man, so so I'll tell you. So with like 10 to go and Matty D gets the lead, I'm sitting here like, all right, he's got the lead. He's looking good, but there's 10 laps to go. He'll probably get shuffled back, and I'm kind of casually watching. And then laps start clicking down, and there's seven to go, and there's six to go. And I'm looking up, and I'm like, with about seven to go, it kind of like the light bulb went in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, he's leading. They're single filed out. He's got Blaney behind him and Keselowski behind him. So two teammates completely single file in the top. So that's when, man, my heart, like, started beating out of my chest. I was, like, having a hard time breathing. I couldn't watch. I had to get up and walk into the dining room. My daughter, she's a big Matt D fan, too. She was actually watching for me and telling me what was going on as I was pacing around the <laughs> dining room. And I just come out and take a glimpse every time. I was listening to his scanner, you know, as the click laps away. And then the freaking caution comes out with four laps to go. Freaking Truex, man, the freaking tire. And the thing that really got me was Truex could have easily pulled off the track earlier and avoided that. But I guess he thought he was going to drive around four laps with a right flat right rear. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. But I, as soon as that caution came out, I knew we were done. Because the, the guy that's leading a green-white checker at Talladega is just a straight-up sitting duck. I mean, you've seen it time and time again from these restrictor plate races. And that's what happened. I mean, Matty D was able to hold off for one lap. But as soon as they crossed the line, he had a big run coming on the outside, a big run coming on the inside. He chose the outside block and gave Keselowski the bottom. I believe that was the right call. I know he got he got kind of hit hard a little bit on social media this week, but he took that outside lane with Blaney, and I think it was the right call. But what messed him up was like the third guy back in line, Reddick, got out of line, and that completely destroyed the momentum of that outside lane. But when you're leading, you don't know what the guy third back is going to do to mess the lane up. So you can say, man, you're just a sitting duck at that point. I was actually happy that he finished fifth because I was worried that, you know, once he got shuffled out, I was expecting him to end up completely junked and wrecked and finish in 25th, and that would have been really hard to swallow. So at least he was able to get a top five finish but man i just the kid just has no freaking luck when it comes down to the ends of these things but i was heartbroken i could barely you know 10 minutes after i couldn't do nothing i just kind of you know sat there and just kind of looked and glimpsed but now after thinking about it i mean guy's gonna win one before too long you can't be this close to winning these races and not seal the deal so eventually he's gonna get one but my heart was uh my heart was really hurt last sunday Hey, man, and the good thing about it is he's in the top five starting to – I'll tell you what, the, this race today is going to be crazy because they can go five wide in Kansas. 
it's going to be a great race, man. I, I really, I'm looking forward to this race. Me too, and and I don't know how you feel about this too, but I don't. Since the last, I don't know, the last two years, Kansas is probably my favorite mile and a half track now. Yep. I don't know yep. if you've kind of seen that. No, I, I, well, I feel the same way. I feel the same exact way. It's just a lot of action there, man. Yeah, three grooves basically, lots of tight action. This aero package is really complimentary to the Kansas Speedway. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to today. Um, and going back on Matt real quick before I kind of move on to some other NASCAR stuff, you know, the thing that really got me happy was he was able to win a stage. So he got stage one win. Yep. Our boy Bubba Wallace won stage two. So after the criti- – we were both critical of him last week. We got to give him his props to win. He got his first career stage win. Yeah. But Matt is now only 10 points out of the playoffs. So considering they started the year with two finishes in the 30s in the Daytona 500 and the Daytona road course, you know, to come back and call your way back – you know, 10 points out of the playoffs now was still a whole summer to go. Couple, They've had like, you know, five top 15s in a row, two, a top five last week, a top 10 the week before. They're definitely on the swing up. They got a great shot to get stage points in stage one today with the fifth starting spot. So all in all, man, I'm pretty happy because he's, he's setting himself up nicely to rebound to get into the playoffs. So I was uh, happy with that. But all in all, man, pretty awesome uh, Talladega race last week, didn't you think? Hey, absolutely, and and the, and I'll tell you what that good finish for uh, Bubba too. Bubba is uh, he's thirty three markers out of the chase, so he's still got a ways to go. But I agree with you and Matt based on um, you know everything he's gone through to be be to be that markers you know that that uh, ten markers out that that's good, man. That that's really good. And like you say, in the summer, um, I expect him to do well. And um, I saw an article. Um, I, I didn't click on it yet. I'll look at it. But they were examining the the crazy season of Chase Elliott. But the, the one thing that I noticed with Chase, though, is that um, he he is he, he is plus eighty nine in the points as far as this, the the Chase standings. If I'm looking at it right, um, yeah. So so even though he is. Uh, having a up and down season, he's still in the thick of things and hopefully they can get some rhythm, man. You know? Yeah. I think, I think that uh, not necessarily today at Kansas, cause I'm not, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know how he runs at Kansas, but I do know that after Kansas, when they go to Darlington next week for mother's day, um, they go to circuit of the Americas the week after that. And then they do the Coke 600. Those are three races that I expect Chase Elliott to be running top five. And I expect him to win at least one of those three. Uh, I know circuit of the Americas is a new track, but Chase is such a good road course driver. And, you know, last year he had one of those Darlington races won and kind of got screwed over after we came back from the pandemic. And then same with Charlotte. He had one of the Charlotte races run one and the caution came out with like two or three to to go. So I expect Chase to run really well in the Coke 600, really well at Coda and well at Darlington. So I think they're going to start hitting some of their better tracks here. And I think he's going to start, you know, getting in back into stride. Hey, you know, one thing that was kind of crazy. So Hamlin has won five stages, but zero wins. So typical Demi, Denny Hamlin, <laughs> he, he went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's I don't know what the hell's going on with Denny this year. He's like dominating races. Like when he gets a when he gets a finally gets a win, I feel like he's gonna click several of them off. But yeah, man, 
he is uh, not, uh, you know, finishing him out, and I'm okay with that because I don't want to <laughs> see Denny Hamlin win races. A um, couple rapid-fire questions for you real quick. Uh, while these came up, you know, I, I told you I got the Sirius XM in my Jeep now. I've had it for free for a year, and I actually just re-upped because it only cost me 60 bucks for the year to re-up it again, and I love the NASCAR channel there. I love listening to Dave Moody. Um Man, Joey Logano was really critical of NASCAR's safety deal after that flip over because the bar, it sounds like the top uh, head bar was actually up against his helmet uh, when he took that flip last last week. And basically from that Bubba on board, if Bubba would have hit Logano more square, it could have been a Ryan Newman 2.0 situation. Does NASCAR need to do something about this package, man, to keep these cars off the ground? Because this topic came up on Moody's show last week. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, let's be honest. You know, I I, I know what's kind of happening. You you wanna you wanna um try to get as many eyeballs to the to the. You, you know, you just want the action to be. You want it to be action packed, man. You want the best racing package and things of that nature. And I'm just wondering now if they've kind of. I don't want to say totally forgot about safety, but kind of, you know, maybe. Uh, Maybe Swung the pendulum of, too much to one side, I believe. Yeah, right? yeah, that particular thing. Maybe they're saying, okay, we can kind of do this a little bit. It, 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 it may take a little bit away from a safety aspect, but, you know, obviously we want to make the product as exciting as possible. But, yeah, I think you always err on the side of caution. You don't want anything. You just don't want another fatality in the sport. You know, I know you can't predict it, but I, I just think that that's something. I'm glad he brought that up. It shows. It shows that – He's a true leader and a champion. He's confident in who he is, and I'm glad he brought that up, you know? Yeah, and, of course, he got murdered for bringing it up by the fans because he's Joey Logano. But I tell you, one, no disrespect at all, but if that was Chase Elliott who would have said that after going upside down, the NASCAR fans would be in a frenzy about safety. But because it was Joey Logano, it gets, you know, scrutinized. But I think he's right. He mentioned, too, he believes the only change needs to be made is they need to make the rear spoiler uh, smaller because he thinks the fact that they're tall is why they're getting the air and getting lifted over. So, obviously, you're always going to have, you know, when you're going that fast, you're always going to have – a chance that the car is going to roll, but I think they got to do anything in their power to keep the car down. I love this restrictor plate package because the racing is phenomenal, but to your point, you get hurt. So kind of, you know, wanted to definitely discuss that safety part of Talladega um, that they talked about last week, last uh, week there. And then second, I know we kind of briefly mentioned it last week, um, but Dude, I'll tell you what, William Byron is a championship contender. Another second-place finish. He hasn't finished out of the top 10 since Daytona, since the second Daytona race. Um, what are your thoughts on Willie B? I think he's got a shot to win this thing this year, honestly. Yeah, man, a scientist is, uh, I'll tell you what, he's uh, it, it's starting to pay off, man. The kid's talented, and uh, right now, uh, I would say he's the best driver in Hendrick, just based off of consistency and and just how the team looks overall. Um, I, right now, he's leading the charge with Hendrick, and uh, I, I expect him to be tough. Yeah, me too. And then, uh, and then also, just kind of wanted to point this out before we wrap Talladega up and get on to Kansas picks, and then we gotta gotta talk about the NBA a little bit before we get off here. 
Um, man, uh, got a shout out to Jeb Burton for getting that first Xfinity win last year. Made or last week at Talladega made me feel really smart because before the year started, I told you, I said, dude, this guy has never hasn't had a chance to go full time in his whole career. He's always been driving, you know, part time. Only gets like ten races a year. Never about a chance to gel with a team full time. He's got that opportunity. He's sitting fourth in the Xfinity Series points and got his first win. College Racing, that team that he drives for, is a really good Xfinity team. They actually announced this week that they're going to run a full-time cup year, and they run part-time now. Kaz Growler finished sixth at Talladega last year. That Last week, that was a colleague entry. Almendinger was on the Daytona road course for them. That was a colleague entry. So not, not to mention that team is really good, and I'm excited to see them you know, join the Cup Series next year. I'm thinking Almendinger is going to be their driver, but I'm not sure that hasn't been announced yet. But, man, I was happy for Jeb Burton. And keep an eye on that kid because I think he can win races on Sundays. He's he's good enough. Yeah, man. Yeah, he definitely has the talent. I saw that. So, yeah, I I, I think you, you you found one there, as you normally do with these young young and upcoming drivers, man. Hey, um, let me ask you a question. If I told you that Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch have combined to lead maybe less than 160 laps all year. Would you believe me? Man, I wouldn't have believed you before the season started. That's for sure. Dude, so Chase has led 76 total laps in the 10 starts. Kevin Harvick has led 29 laps in the total 10 starts. And Kyle Busch has led 14 laps. Yeah, that that's just crazy. Unbelievable, man. It is. And to me, they're all different a little bit. Well, Chase and Kyle are similar because I don't know. I know you're a you Chase has run really well. I know you're a big Chase fan, but if I'm a Chase fan or a Kyle Bush fan, I'm concerned because of how good my teammates are running. You know, all of Chase's teammates have won a race this year in the uh Gibbs side. Bell's got a win. Truex has two wins. Hamlin's done everything but win. You know, he's been up there every week. Kyle really hasn't been close to winning yet. So to me, those that would really, you know, concern me because the organization's running well, but their team's not running well. When on the case of Kevin Harvick, for whatever reason, that whole Stuart Haas racing team is it was off to start the year. And that's been one of the biggest surprises for me. I thought they were going to come out completely guns a-blazing. I expected Briscoe. I told you before the year, I thought Briscoe was going to win two races. He hadn't even finished in the top ten yet. Harvick has been their only guy who's really been a consistent top 10 driver, but he's finishing like eighth, ninth on the regular, you know, not what we're used to seeing from Harvick. And then Cole Custer hasn't, you know, been very good. He's been top 15. His second year had a win last year. I expected him to run a lot better. And Amarola has just ran just like absolute trash. So it's really surprising to me how bad the Stuart Haas organization has ran to start this year. Cause I didn't expect that. I don't know if maybe they're putting a lot of their money towards the new gen six car and are just completely washing this season out or what the deal is, but I'm definitely shocked at the inconsistently of how they're running as an organization. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It just, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely surprising. And I'll tell you, man, um, we, I think we know what Chase needs. Chase needs a new crew chief. I can just tell you that he needs, he's need, he needs new leadership because there is no, there is, to me that team just like I said, and I'm, 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 I'm gonna say they fluked their way into a championship last year, and unfortunately, um, 
I'm going to make this comparison, and I know you're probably going to think it's crazy, but Chase and Anthony Davis concern me, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. In a re- and that'll be our segue to the NBA. Chase won his championship. His dad won his championship, and he seems satisfied. This is the segue to the NBA. Anthony Davis won that championship, and he seems satisfied. I'm serious. Yeah, man. I'm uh... – I am concerned with the Lakers from what I'm seeing, but I'm also my Clippers didn't win a game this week. They all lost all three of their games as well. So um, I don't know if this is just me being a dumb Clippers fan, but I'm not as concerned as the, for the Clippers this week because I like what I saw last night out of Rajon Rondo and Demarcus Cousins. Oh, Kawhi he is just now com- Yeah, Kawhi is just not coming back. Um, so I'm not as concerned about what I'm seeing from the Clippers, but. I'm concerned with the Lakers, man. The The Kings game really concerned me the other night. Um, I know LeBron is just now coming back and he's not healthy or any of that stuff. But, you know, you know me, I love De'Aaron Fox. I rave about him all the time. I mean, maybe I was sleeping, but I don't think he played the other night when they lost, when they beat the Lakers. No, he didn't. He, he didn't. didn't. So their best player didn't even play. And they right. lost to that. There's, they should have beat that Kings team by at least 15 points. So, yep. I'm, I'm concerned with your Lakers. I'm officially concerned with your Lakers, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I'm not worried about LeBron. LeBron's gonna be there. I think for LeBron, he was a little tentative in the first quarter, but then it just started kicking in muscle memory. I'm not yep. worried about him. But Anthony yeah. Davis, a- Anthony Davis, man, I just Here's the thing that concerns me as a Lakers fan. Once LeBron leaves, if Anthony Davis is the person that we're depending on to to, to be that alpha, then we're in trouble, bro. Well, I'll tell you the other concern that I – the big concern I have right now is, you know, I I was concerned that the Clippers dropped back to the four spot. Now they're a half game behind the Nuggets who just continue to win. We got to talk about Denver here shortly, but – Man, the Lakers are teetering on that six spot. You know, they, they're they only a game in front of Portland. So if they got to drop down to the seven and they got to do the play-in tournament, I, I don't think that's good for, you know, an older LeBron and AD coming off the injury and all that stuff. I just – they, they got to figure out how to win some games down the stretch and stay out of that play-in tournament because that's going to be, you know, something small like that, an extra game, extra two games, could have long-term ramifications on their whole playoff. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm – I'm kind of with you. I don't like the body language and stuff that I've seen from Anthony Davis. I kind of feel like he's content. Like he, you know, you say uh, Caruso's gone Hollywood. You call him Hollywood Caruso. Yep. I think he might have a Hollywood eyebrow right there in, in L.A. as well because I think A.D. might have gone Hollywood as well. So here's the thing. Lake, Lakers Lakers Twitter got a little upset with me. But, dude, I'm I'm just a person that I always go back to. Little, little small things really, really bother me. Remember when – AD was when he was first injured and and yeah, AD was first injured and it seemed Bleacher Report got a clip, but AD LeBron called AD. AD was playing Call of Duty with Dennis Schroeder, right? Yep. And you could tell LeBron was wanting to talk basketball because he was watching the uh he was watching, I think, the Clippers and the Bucks playing. And AD was more concerned about a goddamn Call of Duty video game than wanting to really talk basketball. I that that pissed me off, man. And I can guarantee you, somebody like a 
LeBron James who eats, breathes, and sleeps this stuff, that pissed him off too. I can guarantee you that. Exactly, man. You like, like, come on, bro. What are you doing? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same deal with you there. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, I got to throw this out for the West. All year I've been saying, you know, I'm not concerned about any Western Conference teams because it's Lakers, Clippers. But I got to be honest, I don't know how it happened, but that Denver team, it's better without Jamal Murray on it. It's, it Ooh. is. I'm just saying it like it is. And the reason Amen. why it's better is because Michael Porter Jr. is better than Jamal Murray. And now without Jamal Murray in there, Michael Porter's able to basically look what he's done since Jamal Murray's been out. They've won nine out of 10 games. And Michael Porter is a much better compliment to Jokic than Murray is. I know I asked you earlier in the week, I said, who's the M- NBA MVP? I said, Chris Paul. And we were both kind of didn't really, really sure. Uh, Jokic is the M- NBA MVP. I'm just telling you, he, he's my MVP right now. I'll give it to him now. Hey, can I can I say something to you? Last night, man, I when when I saw uh, that team, I saw a team that could come out the West. I'm serious, man. Yep. I'm I'm serious, dude. I I've I've already you know the text I sent you. The Lakers are going out in the first round, bro. They are. I'm sorry. They, they, there is no there is no continuity on that team, and they are only uh is it seven no nine games above 500 they are a mediocre team this year and i know injury played a lot into it so but but yeah i i i i got the nuggets as my favorite right now coming out the west i'm serious yeah i think um depending on when the nuggets and the clippers play if you know when they play each other I could easily see Denver coming out of the West as well. I think if the Clippers play them in the Western Conference Finals, I think they have a shot to beat them. I I would pick the Clippers over the Nuggets in seven games in the Finals only because of, uh, you know, we get to the Finals and, you know, the the Nuggets didn't play that well in the Western Conference Finals last year. And you got that Kawhi, Rondo, you know, been there effect kind of thing. But if it's any earlier than that, I could easily see Denver knocking off knocking off the Clippers. So, yeah, that, that West, which I thought was a sure thing, is actually wide open now. The Suns look good, too. Um, but I, I right now, I think the Nuggets are the best team in the West. I agree with you. Hey, also, too, today is going to be a big day. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have uh, – I think we're going to have pretty good weather here. So, I think I may go out in my backyard, man. I'm going to have the uh, – I'm going to have the race on my phone, and I think I'm going to have <clears throat> Nets and Bucks on my uh, on on the television outside, man, because I I I just think that the Nets – I think the Nets are going to win it, bro. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I I, I do too. Um, and and last year, you know, you guys, you know how I felt about the, the East. Uh, I think the Nets are by far the best team, and I still believe that, but – Man, I had no idea LaMelo Ball was coming back from this injury. It surprised me. I haven't. Really Did you see that pass with... last night? Oh, my God. Just, I mean, he come back like he didn't miss a step. I mean, I know his scoring wasn't as high as it was previously, but I'll tell you, I am really excited that he's back because I want to see what he does against some of these juggernauts in the playoffs. The only thing that I'm that I'm looking at right now 
is I really hope that Charlotte actually stays in that eight spot. I hope they don't jump up to the seven because I want to see wa- I don't want to see Washington and Charlotte play each other in the play-in because I exactly. like both of them. I want to see them both make it. Yeah. So I was I think Washington can knock out Miami or Boston in the in the play-in, and I believe Charlotte should easily be able to knock out Indiana. So I'm kind of excited for that. And I'll tell you, if Charlotte. It, they end up playing, uh, you know, like I said, if the Wizards make it through and Charlotte ends up playing Brooklyn and they have, you know, LaMelo Ball, or not not Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia, I think they could knock – somebody of these teams could knock Philadelphia out. Either the Wizards or the Hornets could knock Philadelphia out early. That's kind of my upset keep an eye on it. They ain't knocking the Nets out, but I think they could knock out Philadelphia. Hey, man, Russ Brook was pissed at Bradley Beal uh, last night with that last play of the game. Brad, you're down one point. Drive to the basket. I don't understand what Bradley Beal was thinking, man. I don't understand Yeah, that. I saw that, saw that too, and I wasn't, you know, wasn't too happy about that either. And I think what Russ Brook's looking at, if you look at the standings, the Wizards are definitely going to be in a playing tournament now. They got a three-game cushion to, you know, on that 10th seed. But he's trying to look it up to number nine to take the Pacers out. So exactly. just trying to make it a little bit easier for him. So all these games are critical uh, for the uh, all, all these games are critical for the Wizards. And uh, another point on the NBA because I know we talked about this on the phone, so I got to bring it up on the pod too. You better be worried about Andre Drummond and his inability to play defense. Oh my god! Did Alex Lynn not with, make um... him look like just awful like when they played? The Wizards blew him off the floor, and Alex Lynn was killing him on the post. I'm like, Drummond, you're huge. What are you doing, man? I I, I didn't I couldn't believe how lackluster of a defender he he was playing against the Wiz. Don't don't get me started with uh, Andre Drummond and I, I man. Just like I said, man, I, I'm so disgusted with the Lakers right now. It's unbelievable. You, your boy Skip calls him Andre Rummins because he said there's no T in Rummins and Drummond. <laughs> so actually, he calls him Kareem Abdul Rummins because he said that uh, the you know Lakers what, fans all treat him like he's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. So, but yeah, man, it, it's it's going to be fun here down the stretch. So I'm really really looking forward to what we got going on and just ready for the playoffs to start. And I hope. Hope the Lakers end it. Honestly, you know me, a big Clippers fan, but I hope the Lakers and the Clippers figure it out this week and have a good week because I do want to see them battle each other. I don't. I want our pods to be fun. Get them going against each other. So I'm I'm rooting for Lakers Clippers in the final still, but it's looking bleak right now. Yeah, man. And also, I was laughing. This is an inside joke between me and you, but man, when you sent me that comment about. The best linebacker in the in the in the thing with a guy that dude that had me <laughs> that had me. I was rolling, man. I was absolutely rolling when you said that. But look, man, this has been real, man. Um, have a great Sunday. Just like I said, I'm gonna be focusing on the nets and the bucks and the race all at the same time in my backyard, man. I'll probably have a stogie and so I'm gonna have a good time, brother. Yeah, man, I uh, I had a stogie on Friday. We had a festival here, so they do this little two-hour uh, all-you-can-drink, all-you-can-eat kind of thing for the guys called the, the Stag Lunch. So took off work, went and had some beers, smoked some cigars, had some good food. So that was a good time. Great weather today. So right now I got a pork butt. Uh, ready to go uh, seasoning. So as soon as we get off here, I'm going to throw that on the smoker, 
probably mow a little bit. And then once about three o'clock hits for the race and the games and all that, it's going to be the couch for the rest of the day for me. So yeah, really looking forward uh, to the rest of the day. Okay, man. Well, we'll exchange texts on the games today and the race, man. So I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy.